Hey everybody, this is Luke with The Way Podcast, and I hope that you are off to a good start to 2024, and God's already been moving and doing some awesome things with 5-2 Ministries. We were able to raise um, enough support for a boxing ring, so we'll be adding that to the Valor Boxing Gym, and excited for just the fruit that will come to that, from outreach to allowing the kids to have something to look forward to, to compete, um, just looking forward to what God's doing with that, and I hope that this start of the year you've been spending time in the Word because the Word of God is what transforms our heart and renews our mind. How do we know what's right and wrong? How do we know what God wants us to do or who God is? Um, is through His His Word. And so in Luke chapter 15, one thing I want to look at today um, is pride. And pride is the thing that separates us from God more than anything. Um, the thought in our mind that we don't need God, the thought in our mind that we can do things without God, that we can live our own purpose apart from God, that we can define what's good and what's bad, that we don't have to rely on God's word, God's truth, um, that we don't have to be dependent upon him. Now, most people, some would say that outright, but most people wouldn't necessarily say that outright. Um, and this is something that I've noticed with people who've struggled with addictions for a long time and maybe people who've really struggled with mental illness. Usually they're pretty broken. And I've found that's partially why sometimes that's a ripe field for the gospel is because there's a brokenness that even though there's patterns of sin and struggle, there's also a realization of I'm a sinner and I need God. Um, where oftentimes people who are successful, um, even religiously successful don't really see their need for God. There's a lot of self-reliance and there's a lot of pride um, in thinking they're better than other people and thinking they've got it figured out. And pride is something that's in all of us. And this is something that we need to be careful of at every level, whether we're um, struggling with even believing in God, there's a pride in relying on ourselves. Whether we've been a Christian for a while, now there can be a pride in thinking, you know, I've got it all together. I know. Um, what's right in the Bible, when I read it, when I'm at church, it's not really for me. I'm thinking of other people and how I may use the scripture to help other people, but I'm not really evaluating my own heart. And I think this is really important. And this scripture shows a group of men, the Pharisees, who are very prideful. And Jesus is very good at confronting this throughout the scripture. It says in uh, Luke 15, 1, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbling, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So the Pharisees were frustrated with Jesus because in the Old Testament, when someone was um, ceremonially unclean, um, they could not worship God or approach him. And because Jesus was seen as a rabbi and a prophet for many, the fact that he went to ceremonially unclean people and ate with them and ministered to them and loved them was offensive because these people weren't clean enough to approach God. Now, what's interesting about this, a lot of people were ceremonially, ceremonially unclean, um, can't say that word this morning, because of the man-made laws that the Pharisees made. It wasn't necessarily what was in the Bible, but they had added laws um, in their interpretation of the scripture that caused people to be unclean that really weren't unclean. And so there's kind of a double standard here anyways, but this is what Jesus says to them. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. 
Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. So right off the bat, Jesus challenges them because he asks them to put themselves in the position of a shepherd. And shepherds um, during this time were almost all ceremonially unclean because they had to work seven days a week. And because of the uh, man-made Sabbath laws that made these shepherds unclean. Now, the reason why I say man-made is because a lot of the Sabbath laws that the Jews followed during this time were interpretations of what it meant to rest. The Bible um, did give some stipulations on what could be done and what shouldn't be done on the Sabbath, but they added even more um, to try to be more specific on how to keep it. And as a result, there were occupations like shepherds who were basically disqualified. They were perpetually unclean um, unless they could find someone, I guess, to quote-unquote cover their shift. But um, for the most part, these were just people who were outcasts um, from the society in a lot of ways. It wasn't a great job. Um, but specifically, um, they weren't able to worship at the temple. And so Jesus is asking the Pharisees to think about themselves as a shepherd. So right away, this would be offensive for them. But as they're following this parable, it's clear to what he's saying is that as a shepherd, I am going to go find the lost sheep. And even from a Pharisee, that would make sense because they were lovers of money. They knew what it was like to lose out on a profit. And so going through this parable, Jesus is using something they could relate to of sheep were, you know, were valuable for money, even for sacrifice. And then also uh, <clears throat> there was an element of challenging their pride right, right away. Pharisee, why don't you consider yourself ceremonially, ceremonially unclean for this lesson? So as he lays out this scripture, I think it's so important for us to recognize that Jesus is saying there is more joy over one sinner who repents, this lost sheep who um, is wandering about, than 99 righteous people who don't need repentance. Now, who doesn't need repentance? The answer to that question is no one. Everyone needs repentance. And so Jesus isn't saying there's even such a thing as 99 righteous people. But what he is saying to the Pharisees is that you who think you're righteous and don't need repentance, God has more joy over these sinners than he does you. That, in fact, you are the ones who are an offense to him. And so God has joy over righteous people who are made righteous by Christ because, for example, I would be made righteous by Jesus. And every day, and putting my faith in Jesus, I'm also repenting. I'm also turning away from my sin. I'm also recognizing that I need him. And so in order to be a righteous person, you also are recognizing that you're a sinner and recognizing that you need to repent. And so this really gets down to where is our heart at heading into 2024? We're already in it. Where is our heart at? Are we someone who recognizes our need for God? Or are we like these Pharisees who think that uh, we've kind of got it together and why waste our time with people who are unclean? Why waste our time with people who are frustrating? Um, when, in fact, that's the reason why Jesus came. And I just think it's interesting, too, a couple of fun facts to close, is that um, sheep, you know, not only would they wander in, and they could be eaten by predators, but found an interesting fact on sheep that they would oftentimes, um, if they got too comfortable laying down, so if they wandered and they laid somewhere and they got too comfortable, um, they can end up rolling on their side. And a lot of times that would make them cause them to panic because if sheep get on their back, they can't oftentimes get back on their feet. And so as they panicked, a lot of times that would send them on their back. And if it was a hot day, a sheep could die 
um, within three to four hours of being in this position uh, just because of the heat, especially um, in the areas where Jesus is at. And so there was a risk of death. And even if it wasn't a hot day, that if it was a cold or just at least raining, um, moist time of the year, that they could live maybe a day or two. But just such a simple thing that sheep could get lost and die so easy. And that's such a good picture of us that left to our own devices, we would die. And who does Jesus say he is? He's the good shepherd. He's the one who leaves the 99 to come find us. And he's the one who does the tough work of having to search. And salvation is not an easy thing. And when we labor for Christ, seeking to be a fisher of men isn't an easy thing. And so Jesus puts in the tough work, finds us, and then throws us on our, his back, carries 100 pounds of sheep back, and then rejoices over the salvation. It's not a drudgery of, oh my gosh, I can't believe I had to go get this stupid sinner again. No, he's thankful to come and to restore us and to save us and for us to recognize our needs. So just remember, um, we are dumb sheep, and without our shepherd, we're toast, and we, we serve a shepherd who loves us, will leave the 99 um, and will come after us. But let's be sheep who just repent. We don't have to get super lost on our back, that we can stay close to the shepherd and abide in him and abide in his word. Um, and let us not be the Pharisees who are blinded to God by our pride, who are unwilling to, to evaluate our own hearts. And when we are compared to the unclean, we are offended because we do not think we are unclean. So Father God, we thank you for the beginning of this year. Lord, we pray that we would be... Um, transformed by the power of your word. And we ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen. And as always, if you want help in growing in the scripture to be discipled, reach out to us at uh, www.52ministries.org. God bless you all. Have a great day.